I worked as a doctor back in India, so here it's a lot more difficult for people in the medical field to get in. The raptor is lost, and there's things online saying send Pascal back to Africa. They start throwing eggs at my car. They would just stare at me. Let's be serious. It's because of money. <laughs> they are going to kill us, and it doesn't matter what it takes. Like, I, I don't know my indigenous roots. Burley Through the Looking Glass is a three-episode series that looks at the issue of race in Canada. In the wake of the George Floyd murder and the Black Lives Matter protest, along with high-profile Indigenous protests here in Canada, we gathered Canadians to tell us about their experiences, their realities, and their hopes. One group of Indigenous peoples, one Black, one people of colour, and one group of Caucasians. I'm a white Canadian, prairie-born, I grew up with my own set of biases and worked for years to overcome them. I thought I had learned a lot, but I didn't even know what I didn't know. They start throwing eggs at my car. They would just stare at me. I learned more making this show, a lot more. I took a lot of abuse in school from... Because of that? Being in Indigenous, yes. We didn't start with a strategic objective, no hypothesis to validate or invalidate, just questions and raw answers. At times, I ask those questions in a deliberately provocative way, but only to provoke a response and dig a little deeper. Black Lives Matter is divisive. All lives matter. I can't name a white person who suffered like George Floyd did. If you are a Caucasian watching this, you're going to get a glimpse into a reality you do not know. One where you're not fully accepted, where you carry the weight of negative stereotypes on your back, where violence is a credible possibility always. There is sadness in this, because the reality for people of color in Canada is so much less than the ideal. There's hope in this, because on balance, Canada is getting better, and people believe it can be better yet. That's enough of me. Let's hear from your fellow Canadians on episode one of Through the Looking Glass, Race in Canada. There has never been a more important time than right now to give back to communities across this country. Inside our presenting sponsor, TELUS's world-leading networks is a network of good. TELUS is bridging digital divides so that all Canadians are connected to the technology and resources they need to live their lives. They help low-income families get online. Their mobile health clinics bring healthcare to the homeless. TELUS gives back to over 4,000 community organizations every year and they volunteer over 1 million hours a year for those in need. TELUS has committed more than $150 million to support COVID-19 relief and have given more than $1.3 billion since the year 2000 to support thousands of charities. TELUS is using its resources, technology and people to ensure we're all connected for good. To learn more, visit telus.com backslash gives back. Thank you all for joining us tonight. I really appreciate you you giving the time to this and being prepared to uh, to participate in it. I think it's actually something that's quite important that we're doing. And I, I want to talk to you about race and diversity in Canada and how we all get along or don't and what's going right and what's going wrong in the country. I want to start by asking you, not necessarily through that prism, but through any prism that you would want, I mean, Ash, maybe I'll start with you. 
if you were going to describe Canada to somebody who was unfamiliar with it, what would you say about it? I'd say we Canadians are so friendly. And, and just to give you a little bit of background, I have family who lives in the U.S. So I've been there quite a few times. So I can't really tell the difference. You'd say we're friendly. What else would you say about us? I would say diversity, as I can see it everywhere. Okay. Anybody else? How would you describe Canadians? Okay, go ahead, Joseph. Um, I would describe Canada as like a very progressive country. And we do have our challenges, which is, I guess every country does, right? So I kind of feel, though, in the last few years, we've kind of taken some of the American problems on, which we shouldn't have to, but being so close that some of those things are going to bleed over to us. But all in all, like we are a very close knit nation that, you know what I mean? That is very progressive and very diverse. Maria, how would you describe Canada? Um, I would say um, Canada has a lot of, gives a lot of opportunity to people in terms of employment, um, in terms of healthcare. So I, I, I would say Canada is probably like, if you were to choose to move anywhere, it would be Canada because it just gives a lot of great opportunity, even from people um, my, like migrating to Canada. It, even if you don't have anything, I believe that you can, Canada will help you achieve a lot. Okay. And then what's your take on the country? So I would definitely emphasize on the cold. <laughs> so I, come from, I come from India. I come from Bombay, which is very hot and humid. So it's uh, the, the other extreme, but that's beautiful in its own way because I think Canada is a very beautiful country. Um, and another thing, again, is I love how diverse it is. Um, in my job, especially, I meet people from a lot of different cultures. Um, very intimately, I go to their homes and I love that about Canada. Um, uh, well, opportunities wise, for sure, there's a lot of opportunities in Canada. It's very open to um, people all over the world. Um, but um, my background is I'm, uh, I worked as a doctor back in India. So here it's a lot more difficult for people in the medical field to get in. So I feel like, yeah, it's, it's, there are a lot of opportunities, but in certain fields, it's also extremely difficult because you're uh, qualifications aren't uh, considered equivalent so there's that <laughs> yeah okay Shawane, anything to add sure i'll definitely add uh depends on what they used to do back home uh for their uh profession uh chances are they may have to come here and start over uh you know because most jobs here need a license or you know quote unquote canadian experience so you know they have to prepare to probably go back to school and start over from scratch. Is that fair? No. Why is that? Do you know why that is? Like, why, why do doctors drive taxi cabs here in Canada? I, I've been thinking about that. It's like, why isn't there a board that goes to, I don't know, let's say you get a degree in like uh, India or something like that. I think to answer that, it's because of money. <laughs> let's be serious because... I know at my school, you can transfer credits. So if you have credits from another another university, whether that be in Canada or international, you can get your, your credits transferred. 
they do go through the qualifications. They look at the course, the curriculum. Is it the same? So on and so forth. So they could do that. But why would I let you just come to Canada and be a doctor when I can force you to go through the schooling system where we're going to make money off you and then let you be a doctor, even though you're already qualified? I don't agree with that. I think there should be a standardized test that someone can come and write to say that I'm qualified, but the system's not set up that way. <laughs> Taylor, anything to add? Yeah, I would say um, I agree to a certain extent that Canada can be more progressive. And I would say that maybe we're a little bit better off than our American neighbors, uh, just in terms of inclusivity and maybe diversity. But um, I think the more that you grow up, I find that you are more aware of like issues that go on. And I think like in a sentence, like Canada is very welcoming and multicultural, but we have like a lot of issues when it comes to like our indigenous people here. And that's not acknowledged a lot. Like it's not covered in media like ever. Um, and I think that's the problem that not many people talk about, but um, yeah, I guess I would say we're, we're on our way to being better, but we're not better. Anybody else? How would you describe Canadians? Canada hasn't been so nice to me lately. Currently, we are reclaiming land right now. That's why I am outside. And a lot of people do not like us being here. And all we're trying to do is just heal and just get our culture back and have ceremonies. And that's what the youth here want. And that's all we're trying to do. And right now, it's not a nice country. What is it doing to you or saying to you? That they are going to kill us. And it doesn't matter what it takes. Okay. Eileen, how would you describe Canadians to somebody that was unfamiliar with us? Well, I'd have to say that uh, in general, you know, we're, we're pretty nice people. You know, um, um, I'm not sure if you want, you know, stuff that's happening now with the, all the, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter stuff, because it sure really opened my eyes a lot, you know, um, good and bad. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm losing some of my dear friends because I'm Métis, right? And uh, I'm losing some of my dear friends that are white over you know, standing up for, you know, Black Lives Matter and, you know, standing up for Indigenous people in this country because I'm pretty much uh, right down the center. I'm like half white and half uh, Indigenous. And, you know, I've grown up in white culture, you know, and um, and like I, I don't know my uh, Indigenous roots, which I find unfortunate Um but uh, right now, I'd have to say um, Canada is extremely divided, the people, right now. Okay. You said you're losing white friends because you're standing up for Black Lives Matter and for 
indigenous rights in Canada and your white friends are leaving you over that or is that what's happening? Um, well, a lot of, uh, well, mostly uh, things on the Facebook, right? I'm actually trying to drop Facebook, right? Because there's so much, you know, hate and stuff, right? And um, Native people in Canada are, are severely oppressed and and it's not something you're going to get over in like uh like you know a day a month a year like this has gone on hundreds of years and it's passed down from generation to generation now and it's you know you know i'm I'm not sure if anybody can um like because i'm a baby boomer i'm not sure if you know my generation will see unless it happens to them because I know more, I have more white friends than indigenous friends because, you know, I've grown up in the white culture and, um, and I don't know. It just, it, it just breaks my heart. You know, I, I just, I, I just would like people to see, you know, other people as people, right. I, I'm not really good at explaining things. Sorry. That was beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, it was. People sometimes talk about values that we all share. People, you might hear the term Canadian values. What do you think, what do Canadians believe in? What are the ideas or beliefs that define Canada? What's essential in the belief system to Canada? Susie, what do you think? Are there things that Canadians believe in that you know you kind of define the country, or or do we not have those kind of un- unifying belief systems as a country? I feel like um, one thing that many kind of Canadians have is um, maybe like a sense of helpfulness or like wanting to help others, or that big stereotype like always saying sorry or all things like that. I've I've noticed that um, in my time here in Canada that a lot of people tend to like if you reach out for help you'll most likely get that back or um just kind of in the sense of politeness and all sorts of things like that i do find like i find that pretty prominent um in this country namna do you have an idea what 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 is fundamental to being a canadian so yeah um like susie said people are very helpful very friendly and also um as far as, uh, according to all the interactions I've had, very accepting of different cultures. And also, um, uh, people are inquisitive. They like to know, uh, you know, more about your culture and everything. Um, yeah. And, and one more thing is everyone uh, really believes in being outdoorsy. And, <laughs> <laughs> and if you, and, and, and watching hockey, you, you got to be very into sports and, Going into the outdoors, yeah. Okay, you got to be a sports. I would associate Canada. that very strongly with a Canadian. Okay. So, are there some basic belief systems in Canada that you would describe to these people? Generally, what do Canadians no. believe. Pardon? Generally, no. I think that goes to geography. I think that depends on the city, the province. I don't think you can just generalize and say that Canada is this. No, it's not. It's based solely where you are. And I think that will depict your experience, especially if you're racialized. Like, 
I wouldn't necessarily tell someone who is of color to go somewhere that's remote because they're going to have a problem. <laughs> it's not going to be the experience they have in a city that is multicultural where they can find essence of home or find connections to their diaspora. Like that's just reality. I don't think there's a general, yeah, I don't think it's all hockey and Tim Hortons. Perry, tell me, based on your experience living in Dartmouth, what Canadians believe? It's tough to say. My beliefs are different from everybody else. But uh, being here in Dartmouth, uh, people leave in being good people, trying to do right by your neighbor. As okay. simple as uh, if you walk in through the door, you'll hold it for the person behind you or you'll hold it for the person in front of you. And things are just little small gestures. I find people here pretty good-hearted. I would say, just to jump in, I would say people do those things, but it's the subtle and the underlying stuff. What I would say is that we're, we have a stereotype for being polite compared to the U.S., but on the flip side of that, when there was issues with Rwanda and they needed to, to flee Rwanda, we weren't, as a country, accept, accepting a lot of the people from Africa. And more so, even making it very trivial, the Raptors lost, and there's things online saying, send Pascal back to Africa. But last year when we won, everyone was claiming the Raptors. The hockey team hasn't won in how many years? The Raptors, it's taken 25 years, but the point is it's a team of predominantly the most diverse team in the world. They won, and then this year they, they, they don't win. And you're saying send him back to Africa? What part of that is compassionate, empathetic, just even polite? That's, that's just rude. Like rude period, especially when Canada, our national language languages are French and English, and he speaks French for people to be like, oh, he didn't even speak English. Who cares? Our second language is French. People are blessed to speak more than one language. So, you know, you have to question where the, the just the compassion or just the politeness or just basic common courtesy and decency is. a couple of beliefs or ideas that are central to Canada, that, that's, that's core to Canada. A couple of ideas or beliefs that we all share that are really essential components to making this country what it is. Diversity. Diversity. Would everybody agree that's a Canadian value? Yes. Yes. Okay. Quality. Anything else? Pardon? Equality. Equality. What does that mean when you say it that way? Um, I know, like, I'm just thinking for me personally, there's um, a real push, like, in my workplace for gender equality. So they're making sure that, that women are, you know, also being put into management roles and, and things like that. So for me personally, it would be gender equality. It's become very fashionable in Canada to use this phrase. Diversity is our strength. Diversity is our strength. Do you think that is a true reflection of how Canadians think? I think that there's a lot of covert racism. Like a lot of people will hide that they're racist and they'll, you know, they'll try and make these jokes um, about different cultures and whatnot without realizing that what they're saying actually does 
cause some harm to those groups. So for example, I, I'm Indigenous, I don't really look Indigenous, so a lot of people would make these offhand comments to me thinking that I would chime in as well, when in reality it's like, guys, you know, I'm Cherokee Creek First Nations, that's actually very offensive. And because I, I uh, pass as, you know, just any ordinary white guy, essentially, I kind of see things in a different lens that maybe other people won't see who are visibly uh, Native American. Um, I kind of also wanted to say, as well as what you mentioned, Eileen, that I don't know the history of the Native side of my family. My mother is done as a descendant and my father is white. And I was mostly raised with his side of the family, went to schools with white people and it was just what you said, Jesse, these, these jokes that it's just a joke, right? And they don't realize the impact that it has, the, the view that people grow up with and their interpretation of what it means to be First Nation. What would the joke be? Something along the lines of being drunk and lazy, especially when you uh, live somewhere with a large homeless population. They don't realize that this dis disproportionate um, amount of First Nation people doesn't just mean that's the way these people are. There's deeper underlying facts behind it. I grew up in Saskatchewan in the 70s. I'm kind of familiar with what you're talking about. Can I share, share my story? Yeah, that, sure. Um, I was about to change my color to white and just to hide for a while. Uh, right after that Trump election, I just had a baby. And at that time was, uh, like I said, I'm in a very small community and lots of white people. And then um, they start throwing eggs at my car. And when I go to grocery shopping, they would just stare at me very hatefully. And then I, I was scared about my kids. And then I wanted to tell my husband, I wanted to change my color, uh, like the hair just like white to hide, and then I just want to wear a glass and go to grocery store. That's what I went through. And then um, I was at the kid's birthday party. One of the moms said, uh, um, how do you met your husband? I said, uh, we used to work together. And then she said, well, I thought you were a mail-order bride. And that time I didn't understand what she meant. And then I asked, and then one of the ladies started arguing with her and I said, what that means? And then the guy who was sitting next to me said, oh, it just basically means you're a whore and your husband bought you from online. So that time I wanted to leave uh, so badly. And then, but I just had a baby, I couldn't go. And, and my husband got a job here, so. It's a very hard to sit in a small community to be accepted. People always like uh, judge you how I look and yeah, but I'm like, a, I don't like, I like my, put my makeup on and always like street dressed up because I grew up in a big city. Here, I just have to change myself to fit in the community. This was very hard, and yeah, for a while, I was like, just dye my hair to white and just to be accepted to the community. That's cool, Sean. I'm so sorry. Thank you for sharing that, and I can tell how difficult that, that is.
People of color have positive overall impressions of Canada as a relatively open, very diverse country that presents economic opportunity. But that top-line impression started to break down very quickly with the recognition of foreign academic credentials. Most of our participants had real trouble identifying unifying Canadian values, and many thought it varied, urban to rural or by region. One thing all agreed, there is a veneer of politeness to Canada that does not signify true acceptance of others. In our next episode, we're going to get reactions to some deliberately provocative images and ideas about race pulled right out of the news. I hope you'll join us.